Hey, welcome to the Timmy Riggs Podcast, Life in the Meantime. Today is the second installment of Millennial Budgeting 101, and we'll be covering the do's of budgeting, so it's going to be an exciting episode. Let me know if there's anything you like, or you learned, or if uh, you have other thoughts on the topic. Okay, so last week we talked about the don'ts of budgeting. Today we're going to talk about the do's. This is a little bit more exciting. You can begin to put into action some of these things right away, I believe, and uh, will help you even mentally prepare a little bit more for how to budget and how to be in charge of your resources and your income. Again, this is I think this can be for anybody. I titled it Millennial just because I'm a millennial and I can speak directly to that, but I think anyone could benefit from these principles, these values. I really don't think I have anything new to share per se, but uh, are at least some exciting things that we could put into action. And so let's start at the very beginning of dues of budgeting. I believe that you have to figure out your why for like what you want to build in life. What are you working for? So hopefully you just enjoy your job. Hopefully you love your job and you find a lot of fulfillment and purpose in that because that's going to help. But then what are you doing with the income from that job? What are you doing with the money that you're earning? Are you directing it or is it just kind of moving in and out? Do you know where your money's going, what you're spending it on, or is it just kind of there? And I think we, when we figure out our why, like I want to be financially free, I want to get out of debt, I want to be able to pay off my mortgage, I want to save for a house, I want to contribute a gift to my church or, or to missions, I want to sponsor a child through Compassion Ministry, I want to pay off student debt, I want to start building a retirement account. I mean, there's six or seven different whys right there. Uh, I want to go on a vacation and, and be able to save for it and not have to worry about it, you know. So there's there's just some simple things. So literally, begin to think through why do you want to build uh, financial independence and freedom? Because that's going to help you along the way when you're like, ooh, should I buy this $20 thing at the store that I wasn't planning on buying or should I wait and hold on because I have other things I'm building towards? So you have to navigate through your income and your expenses. And what doesn't line up with your blueprint? So in the last episode, I talked about a builder might have all the materials, but if they don't have a blueprint, they're not going to really know how to build correctly. And so navigate through your income and your expenses so that way you can build the right way. Begin to cut the expenses that don't help you build what you're trying to build. And you can start today, because if you don't start today, you never will. Don't live on Someday Island. And I love Dave Ramsey. I'll probably name drop him a lot because he's, you know, finan- big financial guy and he's who he is for a reason. I, I really believe in a lot of what he talks about. And so uh, he says that if we want to live like no one else tomorrow, we need to live like no one else today. And so we have to begin to figure out what are the things I can start today. There is a book that I think would be really impactful for especially somebody starting out because I'm going to talk a little bit, really small amount about investing and saving and things like that. And this book, it's called The Latte Factor, is a short book that will help you recognize the importance of cutting small expenses and even begin to help guide you in what it looks like to invest and how to do that. And I think this is really great for someone if you don't know anything yet. And uh, it's small. I actually listened to the book, but it's a really quick read, even if you uh, buy it to read. It's a short book, and it's in story form. So it's a story that you read through that he's teaching you along the way. 
way. And so some of the things he talks about that can help you kind of cut out some of the expenses are just some of the obvious things. So, so coffees every day. That's literally why it's called the latte factor. Memberships. Nowadays, they want you to be a member for everything. They have memberships for getting your hair cut, memberships for, I mean, there's Disney Plus, there's Netflix, there's Hulu, all these things. Memberships on music, memberships for clothes. So maybe there's some of these memberships you need to start cutting out. Going out to eat too often, uh, literally just clothes shopping, maybe cut some of those expenses. Trips, maybe you're taking too many trips right now. A small amount can really add up and make a huge difference in a relatively short amount of time. Sometimes we're thinking, oh, long term, like I have to save $5 a day to even get close to where I want to get in 20 years. Like, but it adds up, especially if you're doing both, if you're cutting expenses and directing your income. And so once you cut those expenses out, and you figure out what is your latte factor, you know, recompile your income and expense list. So there's two objectives. Look at your income and expenses right now as they exist, begin to cut some things out, and then reevaluate and see where you are and see how closer it gets you to reaching your goal, to reaching your why. And so maybe you do that and then you're like, man, my expenses are still too high. Maybe it comes out to rent and mortgage or car payments or still just eating out in groceries. And to that, I still say, begin to figure out ways to cut it out. Uh, I think that we sometimes think, well, I'm living here now and I'm paying you know $1,300 a month and we really like this place. Well, maybe you could find a place for... 890 a month or something. I'm just throwing out numbers, of course, but figure out a way to cut and move. You know, life's too short to feel trapped. And so you can do these things. Now, the, again, the trick is don't allow the opinions of other people to get in your way. I talked about in the last one and the don'ts. Don't allow someone to shame you because of your financial discipline that you're trying to have. And I think that goes in all types of areas. So again, really look at it with a fine tooth comb and let this process take a while, you know, find a rhythm for you. It doesn't, you don't have to figure out by the end of the week, you know, spend some months figuring out what works and begin to strategize your income. A couple of things that are important to remember when we go back to my nail analogy that money is like nails, if we hold on too tight to our nails, we will bleed. So we don't want to squeeze them in our hand. We want to figure out how to, to get it to work for us the right way. And sometimes that just means cutting, cutting them out. So budgeting, it shouldn't lead to greed. Rather, it's an opportunity to grow discipline and discipline leads to freedom. So I think it's sometimes I think, well, if I'm budget, if I'm so on top of my finances, it kind of makes me feel like a greedy person. Well, fight that because it should lead to growth, not greed. And uh, budgeting should lead to freedom, not to frustration. So that's what I'm saying. Give yourself some grace. Give yourself time to figure it out. And I really think it's going to be worth it for you in the long run. So frugality should lead to freedom, not frustration. So let's get into some, some ways that we can begin to budget. Now, this is going to vary for everyone because we all have different income, we all have different resources. And so again, that's why this is hard kind of telling you, I don't know exactly how you should budget your money. That's going to have to be something that you specifically figure out and look at. But I'm going to use percentages, uh, mainly because that's how I do it in my life. My wife and I, we budget by percentages. And so Again, for you, figure out your fixed expenses, and then some of these other things can fall into percentage categories. And so your income may even vary monthly. Our, ours does uh, because of my side businesses, and then my wife even, she works hourly at both of her jobs. And so our income 
varies monthly. And so that's why it's important. That, I think that's even more important to be on top of it because you need to kind of know and be able to estimate and things like that. So here's a, some of the percentages that I truly believe in. Let's start with this one. I think it's the most important. I really do. And that is generosity, giving. I believe that this should be at a minimum 10% of your income. Now, sure, you're probably like, well, you're a pastor. You're going to talk about tithing. You're absolutely right. I have grown up in the ministry. My parents were pastors, and so they taught me at a very young age that when I receive, I should also be giving. And so out of every dollar, I give a dime. And if you're not willing to give a dime out of a dollar, you're not going to be able to give a million out of 10 million, right? Or a hundred out of a thousand. And so right now you want to start with what you have. Don't say, well, one day I'm going to start making more money and it'll be easier to give. No, if you're not building the habit right now, today, you are not going to have it later. I love Levi Lesko. He says, if you want to know what you're going to look like in the future, look at where you are now. Because you in five years is just an exaggerated version of yourself. And to know that that can be true, look back to see where you were five years ago, some of the habits you were instilling and doing, and see how they line up with where you are now. Chances are you're just more of what you were then. And that's not a bad thing. Like That's a good thing. Because if we're instilling good habits now and working hard now, later we'll be more of that person, right? So generosity, I believe in it big time, starting at 10%. So this is no matter how much you bring in, begin to figure out how you can give 10%. I love this scripture in Proverbs 11, 24. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but be- but comes to poverty. And so we've all heard the, the, the adage of it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And there is so much of that is true. And there's scientific proof that when we're given and we, when we're, when we receive and then we give out, that it actually helps create more happiness and fulfillment, especially if it's a cause that is helping improve someone else's life. And so, uh, generosity, I think there's so many ways to get, maybe you're listening and you're saying, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a part of a church. Uh, there are so many ways to give generously, so many um, organizations that you can be a part of. I mentioned earlier in the beginning, Compassion International. Uh, this is a ministry that helps kids all over the world make sure that they just have food and clothing and the ability to go to school and have the right medical attention. And you can you can sponsor a child for $45 a month. And so how many, what is that? That's like eating out twice if you're a couple. And so sacrificing some of that. And out of that, you'll be able to, and that that program is amazing because you even can have a connection with the child. You can write letters back and forth. I'm not really great at that part. I want to be better, um, but you're able to kind of go even further with your relationship there. So generosity, I believe, at the least should be 10% of your income. Saving, another 10%. So now we're at 20% of your income. Saving, 10%. Now, this is a big one because if this is where I really line up with Dave Ramsey. He talks about creating a like security um, savings account. So getting to that place, I think he says having six months worth of savings, and that is an emergency account. So you literally, once you get to that six month spot, you leave it there. 
And that's if you have a medical emergency or if you have um, maybe if, if you let go, get let go from your job or something happens where you can't work anymore, you have at least six months that covers your necessities. So that is, you know, your living, your food, all your bills. So having that. And once you have that and if you have no debt, continue to save 10 percent. And now I believe that that should be invested. Now, again. Once you have the six, per, six months saved, the, the emergency budget, whatever, again, for you that works. So if you're like, okay, I have $2,500 saved up, I feel like that'll last me, but I also have $5,000 worth of debt, start attacking the debt right away. I have a very large student debt and I am very aggressively attacking it, really dominating that. And um, to the point where literally um, we're giving a very high percentage of our income to knock the student debt off. But I believe once you're debt free, there's so many possibilities. And so uh, saving, so generosity, saving, it both should account for 10%. And I just think that that makes your life better. And uh, then moving into investing, I really believe that at least 10% should be investing. Now, if you have an emergency fund and you have no student debt, I think you could even double, like you could take from the savings percentage and add that to the investing percentage. Cause there you go, that's 20%. If you're able to afford 20% of your income to investing, whether that's creating a retirement or kind of expanding your portfolio throughout investing, uh, just whether, even if that, those are funds that you're able to, uh, use at the moment and it's not because you know there's a lot of uh like a Roth IRA where it helps you it gives you tax benefits but as far as the building that's happening you can't touch till you're a certain age a retirement age um those are great accounts and that's where I'd say at least 10 percent should go there as well so we're up to 30 percent and I understand that you're kind of like oh my gosh that's a lot but hopefully by the time you've gotten to this point You've cut out. You've cut out a lot of expenses that have freed up that percentage to be able to give in these areas. And if you're just getting going, maybe you just got out of college, or maybe you've built up some debt. You've been out of college a handful of years. You've built up some debt, and so um, you still want to start saving, but you really want to pay off your debt. Then, then figure out what works for you. Start with five percent in saving, or five percent in investing, and begin to find a rhythm that works for you. And so there you go. That, those are those three things, generosity, saving, and investing, add up to 30%. Now you have the other 70%. And if you're able to find a good rhythm to have those 30% for sure, then what you're able to do is see, okay, what if my, out of that 70%, what if my expenses are only 60% of what's left? Like I have 60% left after covering my expenses. Well, now you have another 10% to figure out how you want to use it. I, again, would be very much on the side of start pumping, kind of diversify that 10% into generosity, into saving, and into investing. And so there's so many ways to, maybe we'll do talk more about investing. I mean, there's so many types of ways to invest in things. Um, but so that's it. So within your, the rest of your expenses, it should fit within the 70%. So now that you know this, maybe even as you're looking at your income expense ratio, try to figure out how your expenses can fit within the 70%. 
So one of my life affirmations, and it's really important for me because I don't want to be, it's, I think we all can have a tendency to be greedy, you know, and I don't want to allow myself to become greedy. And so one of my daily affirmations, and, and I've talked about my morning routine in a later episode or a past episode, and one of my affirmations is if I'm given an opportunity to give in something I believe in, don't hold back. Don't even think twice. If I'm given an opportunity to give and something that I believe is impactful, don't even think twice. So I don't have to, well, let me pray about it. No, I'm going to do it. I'm choosing to be this type of person that lives out in generosity. And just like Nike, just do it. Just do it. And I believe that it comes back in one type of way or another. But ultimately, again, I think it's this idea of when we give... We receive, just like that scripture I read. So maybe it's just emotionally in our, in our mindset. We just have a more calm spirit because we're willing to, to release what we've been given. And the biggest ones, again, if you've been listening through this whole podcast, if you have debt, crush it. I believe strongly in Dave's philosophy here. Uh, he, he is who he is for a reason. So if you have debt, Begin to dominate it. For me, the biggest ones are credit card debt, student debt, car debt. You know, for a mortgage isn't as big of a concern for me, but there's still ways to begin to pay down your mortgage quicker. In fact, you could literally, let's say you have a mortgage, it's $910, and you are um, a few months into your house, or maybe even a couple years. Your principal is only going to be a couple hundred dollars, maybe a few hundred dollars at this point. But so that means that out of $910, if your mortgage is 910, you're only paying that actual loan off about $300 a month. And this varies, of course. I don't know how long you've been in your house, how long you've had your mortgage. So the rest is interest. Now each month, the principal goes up, the interest goes down, but it's only a few dollars. One way that you can begin to pay down your mortgage quicker is to pay the next month's principal. So if you have a $910 mortgage, only $300 of that is principal. The next month, go ahead, if you, if you figured it out, if you're paying 10% to generosity, 10% to savings, 10% to investing, you have your expenses at 60%, so you have another 10% to use. Maybe pay that into next month's mortgage, get into the habit where you're paying one extra mortgage a month, and that will significantly lower the amount of interest that you're paying and will help you pay off your mortgage a lot sooner. Those are just some little tidbit things, and I think it makes it fun. You know, like, hey, what are the do's in budgeting? Well, here's a handful, and then you can begin today. I would love to kind of talk more about this, so if you have more questions, let me know. I don't know. People are kind of either texting me or messaging, DMing me, so um, if if you have any ideas about budgeting or maybe a more specific question about budgeting, let me know. Again, I'm definitely not a financial advisor, so uh, I'm not going to be able to help with everything, but here's just what I've been learning in the meantime through different books that I've been reading and studying and just the way that I feel like I can have a better hold on my finances. Again, budgeting should lead to freedom, not to frustration. If you're getting frustrated, reevaluate, take some time to find a good rhythm for you and do the things that will help you move the ball forward. And hopefully in five years, you will see a massive impact. The, the quote that I don't know who it's even attributed to at this point, but we underestimate what we can do in 10 years and overestimate what we can do in one. But I believe that can even be, we underestimate what we can do in one year and overestimate what we can do in a month, you know, so on and so on. So there's a lot more we can dive into on this topic, but I just wanted to throw a couple out yet 
couple at you. I hope it was helpful. And uh, let me know if you liked it. Go ahead, leave a rating that's really helpful and a review even and share with your friends, someone who's maybe really trying to figure out their budgeting life. Maybe share this with them. Let me know if you do. That'd be awesome. Thanks so much. Hope you have a great day.